This episode of the Crown Refs Podcast is sponsored by RefereeStore.com. At RefereeStore.com, we know that being a referee is not just a job, it's a lifestyle. And that's why we make it easy for you to find the right referee shirts, pants, and accessories for your games. Looking to stand out? We carry referee-designed products you cannot find anywhere else. We carry gear for football, soccer, hockey, baseball, and basketball referees designed to meet all required standards. This month, RefereeStore.com is offering a 15% discount for all listeners of the Crown Refs podcast. Just enter coupon code CROWN15 at checkout, then click apply to get your 15% off your next order. So if you're buying gear for this season, I don't know what your situation is, but definitely take advantage of that Crown Refs discount. RefereeStore.com and Crown Refs, serving the game. I'd like to welcome our next guest to the Crown Refs podcast, a dedicated husband and father of two, a 15-year basketball official, the last two seasons at the Division I level. Recently this year, he started giving back to the game and other officials by founding Win Mental Performance, which is a service to help you achieve an elite mindset. Mr. Darren Drake, thanks for coming on. How are you, sir? I'm doing really well this Sunday morning, Paul. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on. I know we were scheduled to kind of work a couple months ago, but I've been flaking on you a couple times. But I'm actually happy the way it worked out because I'm um, such a big topic. It's actually allowed me to do a little bit more research on my end and kind of go through, I don't know, what I would call maybe like a growth spurt with my mental and, and emotional game. You know, it's something I've been spending a lot of time on lately, something I'm trying to educate myself on more and more. And I'm just fascinated at how much in control we actually are. You know, how much in control we actually are. We're not in total control of what happens, but we're 1,000% in control about how we perceive that and process it and allow it to set, you know, mentally. So I'm looking to learn from you and, and kind of go deeper inside of this topic. Just talk about how you got your start, what inspired you, how you came across this um, this field. Right on. Yeah. I mean, what you just said was huge. I mean, that, that pretty much hits, hits the nail on the head. I mean, we have little to no control over what happens around us, but total control over how we respond to things. So, I mean, I think that's a great, a great way to kick this off. So yeah, how I got into this, man, as you said, I refereed for, uh, I refereed for 15 years and, you know, I got hooked. I went to a camp my first summer and loved it. You know, all the, the behind the scenes stuff that goes into this and just was hooked. And just like a lot of us, I wanted to climb as fast as I could, as quickly as possible and had some early success, but things changed, you know, plateaued several different times. And then really what drove me to uh, mental performance, I actually had a couple of things uh, on and off the court that, ha- that happened and I knew I needed to change things. So basically I had a, a really stressful job, was traveling a lot and was working a big schedule, traveling out for games. And then, you know, family and all those responsibilities. And so what happened was I was coming back from a tournament in Alaska and I started having some health issues, like some pain and stuff like that, that wasn't normal. And so I started to get, get it checked out by like conventional medicine and wasn't having any luck. And it wasn't until I got <clears throat> connected with a naturopath doctor and she recommended that I uh, try meditation as a way to try to manage my stress. 
And so I didn't know anything about it, but I knew I wanted to get better and I wanted to referee. So I started, you know, I started practicing meditation. So it's pretty cool process. So that's been a couple of years of doing that. And uh, in the very next season, I was still dealing with a lot of those health issues that I had and uh, was in Alaska again. And I had a rivalry game where we had a close game. And it was like, huh? Jeff. Fairbanks and Anchorage. Cool. You know, which, which up there, I mean, that's, that's a big deal. And uh, Fairbanks is negative 15 degrees. So, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting experience going up there, but uh, close game. And we've got like, uh, I think 1.4 seconds left. We're shooting free throws and uh, the clock doesn't start. There's probably a foul that we miss. I blow my whistle. Uh, and then I lose, I lose focus basically. And then we get together as a crew. Nobody, we don't know who's got the ball. We don't have a monitor, uh, just a night, a referee's biggest nightmare. Right. And, uh, so we end up screwing up the play pretty badly impacting the game, you know, and, uh, anyone else that's been through that knows it's not a good feeling at all. And, uh, so that was kind of like, wow, I really need to do something different to train my focus on awareness and improve my mindset. Because if I want to be a high level referee, this is unacceptable. And so um, up until that point, other than the meditation and maybe a little bit of visualization, things like that, I wasn't putting a ton of time in that area. You know, it was all driven around rules, physical fitness, things like that. So at this point in your career, did you feel like a lack of confidence and you needed to build up your self-esteem a little bit more? What were some of the, the issues you were, you were having? Yeah, I, I, that's a great point. That's a great way to put it. I think there was a time where I was more confident. And then at some time, at some point, I started like before games, like, you know, bigger games, newer opportunities, things like that. I would get, you know, pretty nervous and I didn't know how to interpret those nerves or use those or get the butterflies to fly in formation. Mm, and like that. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, there's some things we can do to change our approach that really we could, those are actually our nerves are basically our way, our body's way of saying, Hey, I'm ready. You know, I, I'm, I'm prepared. Let's get this on. And, and that's like a trigger uh, versus like, you know, if you interpret them as anxiety and you're scared, well then it's going to, it's going to be a disaster potentially. And it's hard to work through them. So yeah, that was definitely something I dealt with. I mean, who said nervousness has to be a negative thing? Why can't it be a trigger, you know, knowing that you said your, bo- your body's telling you that you're ready? If we know this information, why don't we use those nerves, like you said, as butterflies flying in formation as kind of a platform to help us excel? So I, next time I get nervous, I'm just going to try to channel and funnel it the way you just yeah. said. There's a couple, yeah, a couple cool things you can think of. It's like you could say nervousness is just excitement without the breath. So if you start to feel those, that nervousness energy, I mean, really what we want to say to ourselves is I'm excited and start focusing on our breathing. And like, you know, I get to do this, bring it on. I'm ready. I mean, all those kind of internal thoughts. And then you're going to channel that in, into positive energy instead of negative. Gotcha. Okay. So um, back to your story. Yeah. So my, I had a good friend that was a pretty high level division one referee who had gone through some of his, some of his own issues um, or challenges, I should say. And he hired a mental performance coach. And so once he did that, him and I started really collaborating and talking and uh, implementing some of the stuff into our games. And then what happened was, is this, this coach, Brian Kane is his name. 
he came out with a mental performance mastery certification program. And so once he did that, I jumped right into that. And cause I mean, I saw the value and benefit of not only for myself, but also sharing with other, other referees and other people. And so I did that last year. And so I've had the certification for about a year now. And then I wrote the uh, A to Z mental performance uh, officiating article for referee magazine. And that kind of uh, got the ball rolling and got some momentum and got some more, um, you know, uh, vis- you know, people to see that and, and get the word out. So, and so that kind of is where we're at today. That was a great piece, by the way. And I Thank really you. enjoyed it and, and found a lot of value out of it. Just take me through when you kind of made that change. What were some of those early mental changes that you made to kind of like flick that switch in your brain? Yeah, so I think everyone needs to have like a keystone habit that everything can build off of. And for me, that was without a doubt is meditation. And it still is. Every morning, that's a priority. So that's that's probably the number one habit that I have is is meditation. In fact, I, I usually do it with my wife if, if, I'm, if I'm not traveling. So it's been actually really good for our marriage as well. And so when you meditate, really all, all we're doing is we're just basically sitting still for 10, 15 minutes and you close your eyes, relax, and you're just really following your breath. So you want to find a spot where you feel the breath the most, whether it's in your stomach, you know, in your nose, wherever, and just focus on that. And then what's going to happen is you're going to start thinking. You're going to think about your job, the kids, other responsibilities, whatever. And so the trick is, is the to, to have an awareness of the thought as soon as you, as soon as it happens, right? And not get lost in it. And then just gently bring your focus back to your breath. And every time you do that, it's like a rep. Um, it's a mental rep. Mm-hmm. So just like lifting weights, right? You're, you're training your mind um, to not lose focus and have awareness and bring it back. And so that's been huge. That's huge for refereeing. Um, it helps. We, we, we talked about, you know, having control and stuff like that. So if, uh, you know, a coach is coming at me and I can just kind of take a breath and, and then respond effectively, I mean, that's huge, right? Uh, same with having a patient whistle, things like that. So that's the number one thing I do. And then I have, a, I, I use a gratitude journal, um, which has been really helpful. Um, I also, you know, just the normal stuff, exercise, nutrition, things like that. Um, at the end of the day, I have a, like a tracker where I go through and it's kind of a way, it's my process. So all the different things that I'm trying to accomplish, you know, whether it's um, working out or visualization or reading or sales calls or whatever, I can kind of track it and measure it. Um, And measurement leads to motivation. So that's a huge thing. That's been, that's been really helpful. Um, Those are some of the main things. As far as like refereeing, when the season's going on, I do a lot of visualization. So like I'll actually do like a guided imagery audio. Um, where it takes me through a number of different scenarios on the court. And so then it's like, I've already seen it. What does that sound like? Huh? What does that sound look and sound like? Yeah. So basically it's a process. So you go through, you start with like a kind of like a meditation relaxation, like a, like a full body scan. Okay. Then I go through confidence conditioning statements where I've got a number of different uh, things that I'll say, I'll repeat. And then I'll do a few minutes on like a past, I'll recall a past performance, you know, like a game that I really did well and what that looked like, what that felt like. And then I'll go for uh, forward to my upcoming game. And then I'll run through a number of scenarios. Like I'm in the lead position, refereeing the secondary defender, or I'm free throw line extended as the center. I'm refereeing the shooter, point of contact, you know, trail, getting even with the ball. I mean, all these things that we do during the game, it's just basically training the subconscious mind 
to enforce those habits. So when I get on the floor, I've already put the work in, I've already put the time in, and I, I can really focus on the coach or dealing with situations as they come up. I don't have to spend energy on the fundamentals. Talk to me about some of the misconceptions you hear about mental performance training. What are some of the stigmas that are out there? Well, I think a couple of the obvious ones that, that I hear or that are pretty common are something has to be wrong with you, you know, like, you know, you got to be screwed up and then, and then, oh, you got to go fix your mind, which just isn't the case. Like, uh, I mean, I would compare mental skills training to just like physical skills training, right? So typically your studs, the best athletes are in there putting in the time and the effort, right? And they're working hard and they're get, getting those gains and, and everything like that. So you can compare that to the mental skills side, same thing. Um, everybody should be working on their mindset to get that advantage. So you could think about like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James as examples where they realize that at uh, their level in the NBA, everybody's great. The skill, the, the talent, right? So to get, a, to, to get an edge, they turn to their to training their minds. So that's one. And then the other one I think would be like with meditation. A lot of times when I'm talking to people about or training people on how to do it, they think, well, I can't, I, I've tried. I, I, my mind won't stop. My thoughts won't stop. Well, yeah, your thoughts don't ever stop. That's not the purpose of it. It's, it's to be more aware and observe your thoughts and realize that we're not our thoughts. You know, we're the awareness of our thoughts. So once you get that, um, you know, that understanding and that idea of how it works, it's a lot easier and you just focus on your breath and then be aware of your thoughts and then come back to your breath. So um, those are probably the two main ones that I, uh, I, I, that I hear or that come to mind. Yeah, I think there's some some stigmas with mental health. Like, yeah, they're like, yeah, you can have some stuff that maybe isn't 100% right, and there are some parallels and some similarities. But yeah, we're we're two different kind of two different things. So, so someone who uh, is looking to improve their mindset, what are three or four different ways they can audit their current mental game in order to know that they need they need a little bit of extra help? Yeah, I mean, I think a couple of the obvious ones are you can like step back and and look at what your thoughts are on. You know, I mean, everyone does, everyone trains mental skills, whether they realize it or not, because everyone, we're always thinking, right? And so it's the content of those thoughts and the awareness of those thoughts. So if if you're, you know, uh, thinking of things that are out of your control constantly, then you're spending your time and energy on the wrong stuff. But if you're focused on, things that you do have an impact on, which is yourself. So um, you can think, you can kind of think of the things that you spend your time thinking of. Um, you can look at your, the, your day, right? Like, do you just do things as they come up? Or do you have a plan, like a schedule that you stick to? Um, like when you set goals, do you focus on the results or the outcome 100%? Or do you reverse engineer into small daily things that can get you one step closer um, so stuff like that, I think uh, there's a number of assessments too, you know, that I use or um, people could use to look at as well. But um, yeah, I think it really comes down to like how they're spending, people are spending their time. You know, if you're just on your phone, watching TV, things like that, then um, you could definitely benefit from, from some of this stuff for sure. So, you know how a lot of people spend their time. Another thing I'm fascinated on, they spend their time complaining and I am, completely sold that complaining is poison uh -huh. and anybody who complains 
is absolutely wasting their time, not building themselves up or doing yeah. something constructive. The amount of dwelling, complaining, moaning, groaning, pointing fingers, that's, that's when it becomes out of your control. You're allowing it to be out of your control. Once you take that control back, you don't see, you know, you, you can kind of bypass some of these little roadblocks. Talk to me about complaining. Well, <laughs> you just nailed it, Paul. I mean, think about it. I mean, I was probably the most guilty of all, right? Like, what do we do as referees? We call the referee hotline and we complain, you know, about the signer, the games we got, our partners, the coach. I mean, the opportunities we're not getting. I mean, on and on and on. And yeah, is that in our control? No. What's in our control is our attitude, our effort, you know, our process, our preparation. I mean, all those types of things, it, it all boils down to yourself. And so once you start leaking out, you're losing valuable focus and energy that you can be spending on yourself to get better. So uh, refereeing for whatever reason, it's like insidious. It's that's just like comes with, comes with it. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. So, I mean, I'm, I'm working on when I have buddies, you know, complaining or whatever, just listening and I'm not going to be, I don't want to be the know-it-all obviously, but I'm just going to be like, Hey man, is that, is that positive? Or do you have any control over that? Like, Hey, let's refocus, you know, yeah. let's get back on what we have control over. Sure. Uh, Cause I think we're so much better off if we, if we live there. hundred percent. Another thing I'm thinking a lot about is, you know, the constant voices that are in our head, right? We're thinking all day long. There's yeah. good voices that come in. There's negative, there's negative voices. There's positive voices. I'm to the point now when a negative voice starts to creep in, I deploy a positive voice and it enters my brain and it drop kicks the negative voice in the face. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel it. I, I, I sense it. The chemicals start working. I, I'm, you know, I'm getting frustrated for a half a second and immediately I go into perspective mode, gratitude mode, appreciation to be alive mode, all the big foundational elements, you know, that make up our life, not the little day-to-day -day things that actually wind up not mattering most of the time. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, having an inventory of powerful or positive self-talk that you can employ um, when you do start to go down that path and have negative, negative habitual self-talk, um, people might say, well, I don't talk. Well, that thought that just popped up in your head that said, I don't talk, that's, that's the voice, right? So I don't think until we realize that what we're talking about is those, those, the thinking that is, that is talking, right? Yeah. It's just not out loud. It's internal. So yeah, you can do purposeful self-talk, which makes a huge difference. And a story, what you were just talking about reminded me of is the, the story of the two wolves. So you have a negative, uh, like a negative wolf and a positive wolf that are living inside you. And this boy asks, his father, hey, which wolf? I had this this nightmare, this dream about the two wolves inside of me. Which wolf's going to win? And the dad basically says, the wolf that you feed. So if you're feeding the negative wolf constantly, complaining, all these things, well, that's going to win. But if you feed the positive wolf with, you know, proper input on positive content, you know, with podcasts and books and the people you share your time with, things like that, then the positive wolf is going to win. And that's where we want to be. Yeah, we talk about self-talk a lot in, in officiating. 
And I was thinking about the other day when I was shopping in Trader Joe's, great store, by the way. Um, Absolutely. I, I self-talk all day long. I self-talk all day long. And I even self-talk out loud sometimes. Yeah. You know, no, that's but, good. Uh, no, it's no, it's constant every yeah. day, just filling with, with those positive thoughts and, you know, deploying any kind of anti-negative um, tactics to, to kind of eliminate, you know, those feelings and those bad vibes. Yeah, it's, uh, I think self-talk is, is huge. And like with refereeing, like you talked about getting external, getting external on the court is huge. So, you know, we're talking internally and then, you know, say the shot clock's at 23, we've got a dead, the ball hit the, the rim, whatever went out of bounds. Shot clock's at 23. I mean, there's things that we can do externally to come out and then still stay engaged in the game and manage it as well that are, that are a benefit as well. So I think looking for opportunities to go external, probably more on the court than if you're just, you know, in the street talking to yourself, <laughs> but <laughs> people might look at you strange, but that's okay. <laughs> well, that's the thing too. You can't worry about what outsiders who don't know you think. Totally. So many times we're, um, we're crippled by the thoughts of others, you know? Yep. Yeah. It's called, it's called mind reading. Yeah. You spend all this time wondering what the signer in the stands is thinking or the coach is thinking, who cares? Yeah. You have a job to do. If you can focus on that, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. I just remember always when like a clinician was watching me or an assigner or another ref happened to stay and like watch my game or something like always worrying, yep. worrying but like thinking, Oh, did they see that last call? Yep. Oh, did, they, did they see how I just presented at the table? Yep. Did they notice I missed that rotation? Like, yeah. There's none of that anymore. Yeah. Zero. It's just me, my crew, and the players. Yeah. There's no fans even. Well, I know there's no fans as of, as of late. But even, even then, like, you know, I'm not to say I work in, like, crazy gyms with loaded fans, but you don't have to have a lot of fans in order for it to be loud, a loud kind of atmosphere. But, you know, just trying to eliminate all those outside distractions. Yeah. Well, with what you're talking about, to me, that's um, the, the doesn't have to be a lot of fans that have a lot of internal noise. Yeah. Like, that's what I used to battle was the, the loud internal noise. So you, you work your game and it's like loud and then you go watch the video and there's no noise, right? Like, that was when I first made that connection. I'm like, holy cow, all this noise is being generated. It's internal. How do I manage this? How do I get past this? So, yeah. I mean, I, I hit a virtual mute button. There you go. When it gets too loud. Yeah. Making that mental switch, creating a framework, you know, to kind of live inside in order to shield me from, from those outside forces. That's good stuff, man. You're, uh, you're teaching me. Uh, I appreciate this. I think um, for people that maybe aren't ready to, you know, jump right in, um, I can kind of came up or heard of a really simple analogy so the fundamentals of quality living are breathing nutrition movement and sleep so if you're not sure where to start like those are really good areas so the reason for that is you you can we can we as humans we can basically live without food for up to like 30 days without water for three days and then without oxygen for three minutes so to me, that means breathing is probably the most important. We take over 20,000 breaths a day. And if you think about how many of those breaths are you actually aware of? Like I know when I first started this, that was a big goose egg, right? 
So having the ability to have conscious awareness of your breath throughout the day is huge. And that's going to get you dialed in in the present moment, which is very important to referee, right? And that's how we can get into the state of flow. So breathing is huge. And you can really like piggyback that off of um, existing habits. So for example, you wake up in the morning, you go start your coffee. As soon as you start your coffee, take three to five deep conscious breaths in and out of your nose. There's a proper way to do it and it's in and out of your nose. So when you, when you breathe through your nose, you're engaging your parasympathetic nervous system, which actually activates the relax response. Now, if you breathe in and out of your mouth, you're actually engaging the sympathetic nervous system, which engages fight or flight. So if you think about it, fight or flight is like when we're fan and we got to run for our life, right? Would you want to do that all the time? No. And most of us don't. If you look around, people are breathing in and out of their mouth. They don't know. So breathe in through your nose, breathe out through your nose, and that's going to make a huge, huge difference immediately. Okay. And then we talked about the nutrition, you know, pay attention to what you're putting in your body. I mean, that makes a huge difference on your mental and physical state. Also how much water you're taking in. Uh, next is the movement component. Uh, our bodies are meant to move, not just sit all day at an office on a computer, right? Or in a car. So get up, move, challenge yourself. And then the last component is the sleep. Um, we want to get more and more done. Like our society is so fast paced. So what suffers is the sleep. We stay up later, we wake up early. Um, which is actually counterintuitive. We need more sleep to be more productive. And real, realistically, seven to nine hours is what we should be shooting for. And the reality is, is if I go to bed at like 10 o'clock and wake up at six, that's not eight hours. We don't sleep the whole time. There's like an hour in there where we're awake. So you have to be aware of that and make it a priority. And so if you want to get up at six, then you got to work backwards to find the time that you need to go to bed. I mean, it's hard with all the things, with kids, with all the different responsibilities, with basketball, you know, late nights, early mornings, um, it's nearly impossible. So then you gotta have an, uh, an opportunity to supplement with naps and meditation, because if we're not fully focused and, and restful during a game, we're not gonna be at our best uh, or close to our best. We're rarely at our best, but we need to be able to be, if we're at 80%, we need to be able to get 100% of that 80%. So if that makes sense. So that's a good place to start. Um, and then from there, I mean, you dive way, way deeper down the rabbit hole with, with this little stuff with visualization, you know, with um, goal setting and learning how to have proce uh, a process, um, the control versus can't control, routines and habits. Um, I mean, it's on and on and on. It all ties in together, too. It all builds upon itself. You look lean and mean. Take us through an average day of your, your, your diet. So this last week would be a very poor example. I took basically took the week off. We had that, I went to that camp last weekend and yeah, I had basically, once I found out about that camp, it was uh, August 28th through the 30th. So what I did, Paul, was I had a calendar and I put the camp and then I worked backwards. Okay, so here's what I want to do with, um, you know, body weight, with riding my bike, with running, with sprinting, intervals, all these different things, and work backwards. And then with rest days in there, things like that. And so that way I knew when I got to camp, I'd be ready to go. You know, I'd be able to come out of the gate strong, fast. I wouldn't be um, out of shape. So control what I can control, right? Um, with the diet, uh, when everything's going well, my goal is to pretty much eat a plant-based diet uh, with like one, one cheat day a week. And that's hard. It's challenging. Two young kids, 
they don't know any better. They want the, they want the fat, the sugar, the stuff that tastes good, just like the rest of us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we get hooked on. So, um, and then sleep, you know, my wife's been complaining that I'm, I'm, I've become really protective over the sleep. You know, I want to get to bed early, all this stuff, but it makes a huge difference on my ability to be successful during the day, you know, productive as a, as a sales rep, um, with this stuff, with refereeing. So it's huge. So that's kind of, uh, you know, that's really how, how it looks. Yeah. I want to hear more about your camp. You recently had an opportunity to attend a 2020 yeah. officials camp, not, not yeah. many of them out there. So I kind of wanted to hear how the camp went. It was great. You know, it was great. It was uh, it was a different experience as you can imagine. I mean, we get there and we're in a, uh, a big gym such as the one we're in right now. And uh, we're six feet apart with the seats. We're all wearing face masks. So, you know, a little different. And then the games, like there was people there um, taking temperatures and, you know, everyone's wearing face masks if you're not playing in, in the gym. And then the courts, I mean, it's a huge facility. It's really cool. It's in uh, Georgia, Lake Point Complex in Emerson. And I think there's been a lot of camps there over the years, but it was my first time there. And uh, so they would have one court on and then several other courts wouldn't be on. They'd be cleaning them. But um, as far as the games, games went well. It was pretty good play. And the referees there were great. I mean, a lot of good referees. So that was cool to see. Meet some, meet some new people. There's about 50 of us. And then the staff was really top-notch. There was a couple high-level guys that were out there giving the time. But, yeah, they're, they're wearing their face masks and trying to talk to us. It's just, it's just different. Did you guys <laughs> ref with face masks? No. Oh, okay. No, just if you weren't ref and you were supposed to wear it if you were in the gym. So I think I worked, I worked five games and yeah, I mean, it went, it went well. I mean, it had been a while since I refereed, but I was prepared. You know, I did, I did my visualization, uh, my imagery, stuff like that, self-talk. So by the, basically by the time I stepped on the court, I mean, I just told myself, be patient, be, ag- be aggressive, but be patient, you know, and uh, let the game come to me and just referee, just referee like I would any other time. And uh, I think that was a good, a good mentality to have. So it went well. So with the uncertainty of the 2021 season, what were the coordinators kind of saying about as far as hiring? Yeah, he addressed that. He basically just said that the NCAA was probably going to make an announcement mid-September. And so really until he knew what the season was going to look like, games and things like that, he really was not going to make any decisions on hiring or firing or anything like that. So until he knew what his needs were. So, and I've heard that, I've heard that several times, I think through like different Zoom calls and different things like that throughout the off season. Talk to me about your work with uh, win mental so, performance. Um, win mental performance. Yeah. So win stands for what's important now. And I think that's uh that's huge. Like for, for myself, um, I was always in the future and worrying about the results and stuff like that. So learning um, how to stay focused in the present was a big deal for me, but yeah, it's really about um, learning how to have a positive mindset, develop a present moment focus and create a process that's going to get you from where you are today to where you want to be in the future, help close that gap. And so that's really it. Um, and then kind of just really meeting people where referees, where they're at, like, um, like such as yourself, you're, you've, you've got a strong mindset right now. You have a good idea, a good understanding of some of this stuff. So it's really just kind of helping give additional information and uh, strategies that referees can implement and implementation is the biggest thing like you can know all the stuff and then not do anything with it and it's not really going to make a difference right i mean 
So yeah. um, I think one thing that, uh, another thing that guys can implement right away, because everyone loves vi video, right? Video has made a huge impact in our industry in helping guys accelerate their growth. And so one thing that you can do is when you're breaking down video and you're looking at plays that maybe you missed, um, one way to take it one step further would be to close your eyes and then visualize seeing yourself get the play right. So if it's like a block charge and you, you know, you call a block and it should be, you got ran, got ran over and it should have been off the foul, close your eyes and visualize that same play. You just saw it. And so you can literally do this in your mind. You can do the mental rehearsal and see yourself. Well, it's not a punch anymore. It's yeah, yeah. like that now, but uh, see yourself get the call right. Okay. So that's one, that's one way to take video to the next level. And then the other, the other thing as part of like a, a pregame routine would be like a highlight reel. So what I mean by that is go through your library of plays and get plays that you got right. Okay. And then put them together and then spend time before you refereeing to watch those, those, those plays where you got them right. Because you want to see yourself refereeing at your best before you go into a game. That's not the time to be seeing yourself missing plays, not dealing with coaches properly. You want to see when you're at your best. Professional athletes do that. You know, um, do you think like Michael Jordan, would he see himself missing shots before a game? No. Heck no. He wants to see himself drilling a shot, right? Because that's what he's going to do in the game. That's what he wants to see. So that's an easy thing to implement right away that's going to make a big difference. With um, some of the people that you have worked with, have there, any, have there been any kind of common themes with what they're lacking or some changes that, that you feel they need to make? Like what are some, what are some of the one or two, three common changes that officials need to make make that switch yeah i think the the control versus can control versus can't control i think that's that's been every single time we're focused on the wrong things yeah. and then yeah that's yeah that goes with this goes with it right and then the other one would be um goals so you know guys think about like what they want to do maybe and then stop there versus like okay i want to referee division one okay well what what league are you going to want to referee in right you know is it the ACC Atlantic 10 Big East get be specific okay and then and then how are you going to get there so then you have to go backwards so you have your telescope goal in the future whatever how many years that is and then go backwards and you have to design a plan a daily process that's going to help you get there versus just leaving it to chance you know I mean I'm sure there's people um, that are successful that that have you know climbed the ranks like that but I think you're going to be much more likely to have success if you um, have a plan. So that's, that's one. And then, you know, looking at adversity as a bad thing, adversity, you know, make it, make it your advantage. You know, it's the, it's an opportunity. It's a bend in the road. It's an opportunity for a comeback. You know, um, you're not always going to win or get the results you want. And so if you change your perspective on, on how that is, that makes a huge difference. Adversity is a platform for success. There you go. Too many times we look at adversity and dwell and complain about it. When if you make that simple switch and go the other way, that's a strength, that's a pillar. That's exactly. like said, an opportunity. This is, the, um, this is the point of the podcast. I'd like to reverse the interview and allow you to ask me a question if you have any. Okay. So... I know that, uh, you know, you're real passionate about refereeing and, and uh, you're, you put a lot of uh, content out there to help 
the raise the level of officiating. So um, now for Paul, the referee, what are you doing specifically to help you achieve your goals? Um, just continuing to have the pulse of it in my body every day. You know, what that means is doing this interview with you now, right? Being around the game. Um, Fitness. Fitness has been huge, especially during this quarantine. I've put on about 10 pounds just because my lifestyle totally switched up from going, you know, 100 miles an hour to zero. You know, with the amount of games I'm doing, being a phys ed teacher, constantly moving to sitting, you know, so there's, there's no excuses. That's, that's just what happened. I'm not making an excuse, but I've been trying to flip that on its head and kind of go crazy with my fitness now. Bought a bunch of um, a fitness equipment, bikes. I've been biking for two, three hours a day, uh, working out, you know, a lot. Nutrition has always been constant, studying other rules, continuing to um, collaborate and talk with other peers that I admire. Um, watching the NBA, something I haven't, you know, I haven't done, done a ton of NBA watching prior to COVID. So that's been good. Um, just continuing to stay optimistic about my future and appreciative about my past and how I've gotten here. And also knowing that if I don't make it where I want to go, it's fine because that's the way it was meant to happen. You know, I'm appreciative of everything I have up to this point. So anything further, it's like, that's just icing on the cake. And that also is what allows me to not be you know, disappointed at what happens because that's back to the control thing me being in control. I'm in control of my own path. I'm in control of my own journey. Try to do the right thing. I try to put good things out there. And I, I, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that good things come back to you when you put good karma out. I'm really big on karma. Um, so yeah, I just, uh, I'm really uh, positivity is a pillar of my life with, with whether we're talking about officiating family job, you know, it always goes back to that. Um, you know, it was a little, I wouldn't say I was disappointed that there was no camps this summer because as soon as COVID hit, I said, you know, don't expect to ref in the spring. Don't expect to ref in the summer and just be hopeful and pray that you get to ref in the winter. That was just kind of what, how I looked at it. So I knew I wasn't really going to be refing until the winter. And that was, that's a big change from, from me. I, I went nine years hard, like, 400 games a year. I don't know, 500 games a year. There's years I did 650 wow. games, like total, all sports. Like yeah. I'm a full-time, re- I'm like referee all, all year long, you know? Okay. Um, but listen, this, it's all about adapting. It ha- COVID, COVID happened. You lost your season. It happened. You didn't go to camp. That happened. Like deal with it. Look on the bright side. You know, so I, I've been visualizing the return to the court, that first game back, you know, that first preseason game. That's going to happen, right? So I'm already there mentally. I already know we're going to be back. So we have this time to kind of train and prepare and reset. 2020 is a reset for everybody. I'm looking forward to that. Some people are scared of the changes. You know, we had a preseason um, meeting the other day and just kind of hearing – some of the new things that are going to be in place, no locker rooms. We got a pregame in the gym. Like there's all these well, show up dressed. Like 
I'm excited for this. I'm excited for all these changes because I'm going to be, I want to be an early adapter on all of them. That's huge. No, I enjoyed listening to that. I mean, that's, that's essentially making adversity your advantage where other people are going to maybe dwell on some of those differences and changes adapt and that adapting and compensating is really what this is all about. Like we're not always, we want to get into the, the state of flow when we referee as much as possible, but there's going to be some nights where we're just not even, the game's not challenging. It's a foul fest. The coaches are hard and we're not feeling great, you know? And so that's a matter of getting the maximum out of what you have that night by adjusting and compensating and adapting to, to the game. Right. So that's uh, knowing that and understanding that, and that goes back to focusing on what you can control. That's yeah. awesome. You know, we hear about the shoulda, woulda, coulda game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but whatever the truth is, like, we have to adapt to it. We can't say, oh, it shouldn't be that way, so I don't want to do it this way. It's like, this, you know, this is where we're at right now, so you need to move it in that space. Yeah, this is reality. So we, we need to get with it, absolutely. I came out with, uh, I didn't touch on this, but, um, and you asked kind of like, windmill performance, some of the things I've done. So I have, I've had the opportunity to present to like IABO um, and that. some of these other different organizations and groups, which has been a really neat experience. And so I came up with basically to kind of condense everything. Um, I call it ref mental skills training and the ref, uh, the R stands for uh, routines and habits of excellence. The E stands for elite mindset and the F stands for focus and awareness. And a lot of the different things that we're be, we've been talking about, uh, tie into it, you know, throughout the program, like with the visualization, meditation, breathing, uh, self-talk, uh, developing the mindset, things like that. So that's been a really cool opportunity to to give back, you know, because I remember going to camps and things like that and just like looking up at these guys and learning so much and now being able to have the opportunity to kind of give back in my own, in my own kind of way, which is kind of a niche with refereeing because it's really not talked about. I mean, I remember at this uh, camp here, I'm sporting here, ECOA, Emerald City Officials Academy in Seattle, Washington, uh, which is kind of where I got my start. Uh, Evan Longoria, who was a Major League Baseball player for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays at the time, uh, it was Evan Longoria on mental performance. And it was like, it was so impactful, so cool. But it was the first time anybody had ever mentioned mental skills training and refereeing. And then to this day after that, it's still not talked about. You know, we talk about positioning, call selection, communication, and all that stuff ties into it. But the deal with um, the mental skills part of it is it's going to actually elevate and raise everything else. We don't rise to the level of occasion, right? We want to work this big game, Paul. We want to get the championship in this league. Or if I just get hired in Division One, I'm going to be ready. All these things. We don't rise to that. You actually fall. We fall to the level of our habits and our training. So if we're able to improve all that by, mental, by training mental skills, going to make a huge difference so when we climb the ladder and move up levels we're not going to fall off so to me that's no. learning that and being able to convey that and, and teach that has been uh it's been huge so. mental skills is the top layer you know it doesn't matter what your block charge call looks like um if your mindset is trash yeah yeah exactly i mean yeah you go out to report it and the coach gets you distracts you you lost your number you know, now you're, we've all, we've all been there, right? You know, if you can go by the coach and be like, hey, I'll get to you in a second. Let me report my foul. You know, 22, offensive foul. What did you want? 
what do you got? You know, you know, I mean, seriously, right? I mean, if you practice those things, you rehearse that and you know, you already know what you're going to do before you do it. You've already done it, you know? So it's kind of cool. Like if you've already practiced this in your garage and then you get to the final four, you're literally refereeing the final four in your garage. Like that's where you want to get to. Not you're refereeing the final four in front of 90,000 people. And you're like, oh my God, what do I do? You've already done it. You know, you've already put yourself in those positions and experienced that. And so it just makes that transition so much smoother. I mean, it's not going to go without hiccup, obviously. You're going to have adversity and have to deal with it. But that's what you can fall back on is your training. Uh, that was really cool. I know you listed Roger as one of your mentors. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty awesome to have you follow him. I know you. All, I also wanted to give a shout out to Corbett Hansen. Yeah. I've been um, talking with him a, a lot through Crown Refs over the year yeah. and he's mentioned you quite a few few times so i wanted to give him a oh, shout oh cool corbett's uh you know i'm glad you brought that up corbett is the man you know he's uh, one of my favorites of all time through this uh through this business so corbett and i met basically at my first camp in 2006 and he took me under his wing paul and basically said you're coming with me and we went and refereed hundreds and hundreds of aau games all the time, every week. And I was in college still. So it was like a great way to make extra cash and then learn. I mean, I learned so much fast. And uh, so he was one of the first mentors I had in this business and we still stayed in touch. And uh, it's pretty cool. He actually has a, uh, a master's in sports psychology, believe it or not. And then he's actually working now as like a um, kind of like a mental health uh, professional as well. So we get to talk still and share some ideas and things. It's kind of neat. So we're trying to we're trying to get it to where I could get on uh, as like a guest presenter for his group, cool. um, but we haven't been able to line up a time quite yet. But uh, yeah, corporate's awesome. I know you said you were kind of making the rounds within the industry. You did an IABLE call, which was awesome. Um, I don't know if you heard, but Al Batista had mentioned you on the yeah. podcast that he read it. So yeah, you know, I'm really happy for you that you are in the mix now. Talk about the article you wrote, uh, Mental Skills A to Z. Um, you know, it was an article, but here's an opportunity to kind of speak upon that article and maybe add a few layers on top of that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. So that kind of came, it just kind of came to me. I think it was uh, Mark Wunderlich maybe wrote a A to Z on officiating. Um, it was different than mine, obviously, but that was kind of where my idea came from. And I was coming back from a game in Charleston last winter. And uh, so I had a notepad and I, I wrote out the alphabet. And I just was brainstorming the whole drive, you know, like, hey, okay, adversity or uh, awareness. It was cool. But that four, four and a half hour drive went by like that. Yeah. <laughs> and by the time I got back, I pretty much had A to Z and I had a couple ideas for each. And then my wife and I actually sat down together and went through it. And some of them were just super obvious, you know, B for breathing, you know, um, C for confidence, or for, at least from my perspective. And so that's kind of how I narrowed it down. And then I just went to work on you know, kind of writing some different ideas that had helped me, um, you know, that I'd either gotten from Brian Kane or um, uh, Ken Revisa, a number of different professionals in the industry, and then kind of uh, put it all out there. My wife uh, reviewed it. I shared it with a couple of the referee friends. Uh, you saw it before it hit the, you know, before it hit the magazine, and I submitted it. I, re I just basically cold called them, and I said, hey, listen, I had this idea for this article, and it's really never talked about, and they're like, actually, we're really agree with you we wanted to run a piece on it and we just didn't have anything and so they liked it and they yeah. tweaked it a little bit but um yeah so that's kind of where that came from 
and uh, you know, it was it was a neat, it was a really neat process, and I it totally enjoyed it. So let's actually benefited some others. Yeah, let's actually run through the list real quick, like in a speed round. Go through each letter, and um, you know, if you want to stop at some notable ones, that would be great. But I think the audience would appreciate kind of just that rapid fire of it. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just read what the what the word was. Yeah, read what the word was, and then you know, if you want to stop at all and add more layers, go ahead. Okay. So A was adversity. And so that was like we talked about earlier, it was basically changing your mindset on how you view adversity. It's a bend in the road, not in the end of the road. Um, B was breathe. And to me, I think that's probably the number one mental skill that you can do because it's something we do all the time and you can control your breathing. And if you were in control of yourself, you can be in control of your performance. Uh, C for confidence. Uh, we talked about that earlier as well. Confidence for me, the biggest thing was learning that it's more of an action than a feeling. So if you get big with your body language, you can literally act your way into feeling confident, which is pretty cool. Uh, D for discipline, uh, E for elite mindset, F for focus, G for gratitude, H for habits. I think habits is huge. Um, 50% of our day roughly is um, driven by habits at the subconscious level. We don't even know they're happening half, half the time, so there's good and bad. Uh, so we want to design good habits. Uh, I was intentional. You want to be intentional with what you do. Uh, J for joy. You know, remember why you officiate, why you do anything. If you have a strong enough why, then you'll figure out the how. Uh, K for knowledge. L for leadership. Actually, I've got the article right here. So Love it. Just, just, just to be, you know, keep it nearby. M for motivation. Uh, motivation, I'll, I'll touch on too real quick because I think that's a, that's a one get, people get confused on is that um, if I just sit around, eventually I'll feel like working out, right? Like how often does that happen? If you're laying on the couch, you all of a sudden feel like you want to go on a run. It, it, it doesn't, right? Like you need to actually act and then the motivation will come once you start doing activity. So um, again, acting differently than you feel. N for nutrition. Uh, o was one word, which I really like. Instead of having like New Year's resolutions, pick a one word focus. So for me, for 2020, it was growth. And, you know, basically everything I do, I want to go back to that word. And am I, am I keeping it in front of mind, right? Um, P for process. So having process-based goals instead of outcome-based goals only. Uh, quality, recognize. So this one was uh, for referees is huge. And, and this was, I think, Al Batista's his favorite, like just being able to have, he calls it a mistake recovery strategy. And so um, it's a release and refocus routine. And so I'll touch on that real quick, if you don't mind. So basically having an awareness when you made a mistake or had a bad interaction with a coach, having awareness, then you want to take a breath, then do a physical action. So for me, I might squeeze my hands or hit my leg or something like that. And then having a focal point. So what I use is a shot clock. I'll look at the shot clock. That gets me back to the present. Okay. And then I'll have a self-talk to get me to the next play. So I might say, so what next play? Or, hey, that was a tough play. Big deal. Let's get the next one. And then take another breath. Ideally, you're doing that during a dead ball, like during a free throw or something like that. And it's just a way to get to flush that last play and get back into the present. And obviously you can modify that and if it's a live ball or whatnot. So, okay, S for self-talk. We talked a lot about that. T for time, time management, managing your time. There's 168 hours in a week. And uh, it, it, once you learn how to schedule 
properly with time blocks and things like that and make and maximize your time, you're going to be so much further ahead than the others that don't utilize that. Uh, U for uniform, U was a tough one. So, you know, pass the eye test is kind of where Got I was it. going with that. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah. V for visualization. We talked about that a little bit. Um, I think if you learn how to visualize, not only having success, but also dealing with adversity in a game, right? Like if you have a, if you know you have a tough coach and he gets you most of the time, right? Like, and you leave the game going, I wish I'd done this. I wish I could have done that. Spend some time visualizing those interactions that you may have with him the night before or during the day, the day of, and see yourself responding properly and effectively to his antics. You know what I mean? And then when you get out there, it's going to feel familiar because you've already spent time doing that, right? You're building the neural pathways in your mind. Your mind doesn't know the difference between what's happening in your mind or if it's happening in real life. So that's, that's a trick. I would, I mean, guys, we could really, really, really fast forward our, um, uh, our ability if we do things like that. Okay. Then W is for win. What's important now? Uh, X for excellence. So instead of like trying to be perfect, Let's strive for excellence, right? There's never been a perfect game. We're after progress, not perfection. Uh, why? Yourself, which goes back to controlling what you can control. And then the last one was uh, Z for Z's, sleeping, right? Get the, get the right amount of rest. And then, uh, and then I touched on that there's four different stages that you go through um, of acceptance to whether or not you think you could benefit from mental performance. And stage one is mental performance is not for me. Stage two is mental performance is okay for others. And then stage three is, okay, I'll give it a try. And then stage four is, I can't believe I did it any other way. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proof of that. Like, I mean, going, I've gone through that process and now I'm like, I can't believe I ever did any other way. Like, I mean, it's just such a, it made such an impact, profound impact on my life, not only refereeing, but my marriage, my life with my kids, my professional career. I mean, it's just literally raised the bar of everything. And it wasn't like all overnight. It was making small incremental changes that eventually led to big things because I think excellence in small things eventually leads to excellence in all things. And so if you think that, you know, you're not, you're not uh, climbing the ladder fast enough or progressing fast enough. Take a breath, step back and look at what can you do right now? That's going to get you one step closer. And if you have that mentality and that mindset, it's going to make a big difference in the long run. That was really well crafted, Darren. I really appreciate you sharing that with the audience. I'm sure they found a lot of uh, value in that. Just wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of share your final thoughts with the uh, audience of officials that is listening. Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity to come collaborate with you on the topic of mental performance, Paul. I think um, I think it's a topic that uh, not only applies to officiating, but to all of us in all professions and walks of life and can make a big difference positively for all. And so I would just challenge everybody to, you know, find something that either they heard today or maybe they go out and find on their own that they can start implementing that's going to make a a difference in their life. So, um, you know, if anybody has any questions or wants to follow up with me, um, you know, you can get a hold of me through um, either on Facebook or my email is Darren at winmentalperformance.com. And, uh, you know, no question, no, there's no stupid question. So, um, you know, feel free to reach out and uh, would love to help any way I can. 
I wish you the best of luck, and uh, I hope to meet you on the court one day, my friend. Likewise, yeah. Hopefully we can get a game game here soon. Appreciate you, man. Stay well, brother. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game.